Good morning once again and welcome. My name's Craig. As I said, I'm senior pastor. We are so thankful that you're here on this Mother's Day. I know that your mom is glad that you're here with her. Uh, a number of our folks, if you're looking around, some of you might have shown up and said, man, I thought so-and-so attended church here. There's a lot of our men who are serving in the nursery this morning so that these ladies can be out here. So uh, if you're curious as to why you didn't see some of them, they're hiding in the back, rocking babies and doing all they can do to give some of these ladies a chance to not be in there. If you have your Bible, we're going to be in the book of Acts chapter 5 in just a moment, beginning in verse 17, Acts 5, 17. Let me give you just a couple of announcements. These are important. We have a business meeting on May 18th. That's a Wednesday night at 730. Uh, it's going to be a business meeting to amend our church budget and add a, uh, a, another um, administrative uh, staff person here. So um, please make your, that's, that's out of the ordinary for us to do that on a Wednesday night. But if you hadn't noticed, May's a little bit busy. We have Mother's Day, Youth Sunday. You guys are honoring me for something, and then we have Senior Adult Sunday, so we couldn't do it any other time. So uh, I hope that you guys will plan uh, to be a part of that on Wednesday night, May the 18th at 7. We do have a family mission trip coming up in just a few weeks um, at, to Cleveland, Tennessee. Looks like a really great trip, good participations uh, already, um, it, it appears. If you're interested in that, I would encourage you to see Mike Barwick. If you don't know who that is, email the office or give us a call, and we'll point you in the right direction. I think it would be a great thing for you. Um, other things listed in your bulletin, I do want to mention Next Steps class is coming up. If you're visiting with us for the first time or the 40th time and you're curious what it would look like to potentially be a member here, we have a Next Steps class. The next one will be on the 22nd. I hope that's right. Let's just say two weeks from today at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, um, and uh, we'd love to have you here for that. All right, having said those things, I'm going to ask you to stand with me in honor of God's Word. I'm going to begin reading in Acts chapter 5, verse 17. I'm going to read all the way through verse 33. But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council, all the senate of the people of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison, so they returned and reported. We found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them and wondering what would come to, or what this would come to. And someone called and told them, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charge you not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Let's pray together. Father God, I pray that as you have set us free in Christ, 
that today we would see our responsibility to proclaim this message of freedom to others. Father, I pray that we would be the kind of people who honor you with our lives. God, I pray this message would sink deep, that your Holy Spirit would move among us in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Fifteen years ago on Mother's Day, I was supposed to preach my very first sermon here, but instead my oldest son was born. So this is, uh, in, in some ways, sort of the 15-year anniversary of when was, uh, I was supposed to start preaching. I'm glad to be here with you as we gather for Mother's Day today. I have to confess, I don't have some flowery, sweet, and inspiring message for mothers. Rather than step away from our sermon series in Acts, we're going to continue to plow through. And part of that is because I believe that God's Word is good for us in season and out of season and every particular day of the year. Several years ago, I was asked to return to my high school and to speak at their academic banquet. I was thrilled. Why? Because I had a chance to tell my story to people who were just like me, who grew up where I grew up and walked the same hallways where I walked. I was able to stand in front of those kids from places like Cowpens and Packlet, South Carolina, and tell them of how I had gotten to the place where I am. I was also able to tell them about others who had come from just the very place where they were, who had gone on to become professors and teachers and lawyers and doctors. I was able to speak to them of the process it, it took to get to all of those places. But it was important to me because I was able to go back to some degree from where I had come and to tell my story. This morning, we're going to look at this question, who has God freed you to set free? And I, I want to look at it in the context of this. God's given you a story to tell. He's given you a story to tell, and y'all, He's given you a people with whom you should share that story. And he's given you opportunities, and here in the book of Acts, we see a group of men who continue to tell their story over and over and over again, regardless of how many roadblocks were put in their way. This morning, I want us to look at three things that jump out of this passage of Scripture. There are probably more, but in the interest of time, we're only going to do three. Three things that jump out of this passage of Scripture that I think are applicable to each and every one of us as we wrestle with that question, who has God freed you to set free? The first thing I want us to do this morning and to think about and make sure we give our attention to is this. We need to always give God glory. We should give God glory. How were the apostles freed? They didn't have a lockpick kit. They had not hidden a hat pin in their beards. They didn't hatch an escape plan. God sent his angel to open the prison doors and to set them free. Folks, when we consider our own salvation story, we need to consider the parallels that exist between God setting these captives free and the way that God set us free. Ephesians 2, 8, and 10, or 8 through 10 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Not a result of work, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Y'all, if we're not careful, the details of our salvation can get all mixed up. If we're not careful, we maybe unintentionally begin to take a whole lot of credit for all the things that God has done. Imagine the apostles standing in front of others and, and, and saying this. Well, we decided to get out of jail. 
And we decided we didn't really want to be in that jail cell anymore. We decided we didn't like the bars, we didn't like the gates, and we didn't like the dirty floors, we didn't like the vermin and the food. We realized we didn't want to live our lives that way, so we decided to make a change. Tell me this. They could have, how much difference did their decision to make a change make in that place? Very little, did it? They might have hated it. They may have despised it. But here's the problem that the apostles faced. They were in prison. And they had no way out. They needed somebody else to act on their behalf. The only decision the apostles made that changed their fate was the decision to walk out that door. Do you understand that? The only decision the apostles made that changed their fate was the decision to walk out the door. Listen, don't rob God of His glory. Are you a Christian today? Has God rescued you from your sin? Then listen, you were saved not because of how good you are, Not even because of how bad you might have been. You've not been saved because of how smart you think you are. You've not been saved because of how much money you had or didn't have. You weren't even saved because of how desperately you tried to change. You were saved because Jesus Christ died on the cross and set you free. The only hope that we have to be freed from our sin, the only hope that we have to be set right with Jesus Christ, to be given a relationship with the Father, is that Jesus Christ died for you and me. Jesus' death on the cross and His resurrection from the grave, that is the key that swings open the door that holds us imprisoned. Do you understand? We need to be set Free. Jesus opened the gates in your prison of sin and Jesus led you out. Moms and dads, make sure that you regularly give God glory in front of your children. Do you know how important this is? That our children hear us say out loud that God is directly responsible for the privileges and blessings in our lives. Do you know how important it is that our children hear us regularly give God credit and glory? That our children don't hear us talking about how much we pulled ourselves up by our own bootstraps and we did all of these things. That we find ourselves bowing our head over our meals in the evenings and saying, Lord God, thank you that you provided this food for us. Thank you, God, that you provided the way for us to access this food. The money that was necessary for us to purchase this food. Thank you, God, that you provided people who prepared this food. For goodness sakes, we need to thank you, Lord, that you allowed us to live in a place where we could eat in peace and security. Oh, we, we don't always on purpose rob God of his glory, do we? But so often we do. How many of you are easily identify when your children rob you of your glory? I love this one. I love when my kids talk about something they bought. That's right. Oh, you bought that, did you? That's interesting. I thought I gave you the 20 bucks. How quick are we going? Really? You, you bought that? I wonder how often God looks in and goes, oh, you did that? How often do we catch ourselves going, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me, let me take a step back. God gave me that 20 bucks. God gave me those opportunities. 
God put me in the place to be exposed to these privileges. And folks, as it relates to your salvation, Jesus literally did it all. He swung the door open and He has given us the opportunity to walk through it. By grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. How many of you boast about the gifts that you receive as though you did something for them? Oh, some of us can, can't we? Man, we can twist that around. We receive a gift and then we boast about what we got instead of boasting about the person who gave it to us. Wow. Look at what I got. That's a whole different story than look at what so-and-so gave me. One of them says, look at me. The other one says, look at the person who gave this to me. How many of you are willing to point the finger well beyond your own self to those other places where you've been blessed and ultimately to point your finger to the God who has blessed you above all? Give God the glory. The apostles did. Now it's not inherent in here, right? But it's, it's implied. Why? Because they were set free from prison. That's the story they told. They told the story that the angel came and let them out. That's how we know what happened. They didn't go back and say, we busted out. We made it. No, they said an angel set us free. Folks, do you know that you've been set free? The most literal term for angel, or meaning for angel, is this a messenger from God. You've been set free by an angel, haven't you? A messenger from God, the very Son of God, Jesus Christ, who died to set you free. This morning, remember to give God glory. Second, let me encourage you to tell someone your story. Tell someone your story. How many of y'all like to tell stories? And we have a lot of people not being honest in here this morning. Thank you. I appreciate that. I love to tell stories. And I love to tell them, you ready for this? Over and over and over again. Hoping my family members are not paying me much attention right now. But y'all, a good story, a good story deserves to be retold, doesn't it? How many of y'all, we, we won't actually get together with our extended family today. Um, they, they don't live with, uh, you know, right here in our community, so we won't be with them today. But when I get together with my extended family, I'll be with my brothers and my parents, um, I, I think next weekend for a birthday party. Uh, I, let me tell you what's going to happen. At some point, as we're all together, we will retell a story or eight, Right? And let me tell you one story that will get told. If anybody decides to bring brownies, okay? If anyone decides to bring brownies, me or one of my brothers will politely thank whoever it was that brought the brownies. We will then take time to explain how inferior those brownies are to the best brownie that we ever ate in our life. And we will tell the story for the hundredth time about where the best brownie that's ever existed on God's green earth was found. We will tell the story of sitting three wide in a plane seat on a way to Costa Rica and eating Delta Airlines brownies that made us want to call home and reprimand our mother for having never exposed us to such heavenly bounty. 
They are the best brownies I've ever eaten. Matter of fact, we got home. Now, this has been a long time ago now, so the Internet wasn't quite what it is today. But when we came home from that trip, we scoured the Internet looking to source where those brownies arrived from. We could not figure it out. One of my brothers flies regularly, and to this day he has never experienced such an incredible blessing in all of his life on an airplane as we experienced in 2005 on an airplane on the way to Costa Rica. Do you know that we'll tell that story again? As a matter of fact, that story is so repeated and so regular and so boring to everyone else that every member of my family who didn't experience that can retell the story. They will do it with eyes rolling out loud. But you want to know why? Because they don't know how good it was. You know why we tell the story? Because it was manna from heaven. You understand? Folks, we tell stories repeatedly when those stories are life-giving, when those stories are good stories. We just tell them over and over and over again. How many of y'all have those stories? You got them? Some of them are good. Some of them are just about a brownie on an airplane. I get it. When it comes to our relationship with Jesus, y'all tell somebody your story. Never underestimate the power of your story to change someone's life. Never underestimate the power of your story to change someone's life. The apostles left prison and they got to work proclaiming the life giving message of Jesus Christ. You know, so often we overcomplicate communicating the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Y'all, let me tell you something about me. If I got freed from prison last night, there's a strong possibility that at 8 o'clock this morning, the first place you would find me is not at the scene of the crime. You understand? You with me? There's a pretty good chance that if I were arrested for doing something, even something good, there's a strong possibility that the next morning you don't find me at the scene of the crime. But here's the problem. The disciples were freed, and this angel that set them free said, I need you to go back and keep telling this story. I'm going to be honest with you. Somebody's able to come and bust me out of jail like that and walk me past all the guards, and they say, go back and tell the story. I'm probably going to say, yes, sir, yes, sir, whatever you say. I don't want to make you mad. Remember... This is important. Angels in the scriptures don't look like precious moments, baby dolls. Okay? They are scary creatures. They carry flaming swords. This is who they are. They are God's warriors and God's messengers. And imagine this eight, nine, ten, who knows what, feet tall angel walks in glowing bright with a sword and he says get out and go tell the story and they said yes sir got you but what story did they tell they told their story they told their story do you know how boring it is when you try to tell somebody else's story it's boring because it doesn't have life it doesn't have experience. It's not convincing. You don't need to tell somebody else's story. Tell your story. The story of how God changed your life. The story of how Jesus worked to set you free. Tell it. 
And tell it again and again and again. Because listen, good stories are worth being repeated. Let me tell you how you know you've got a really good story. is when people ask you to tell the story again. There are a few stories that I tell to my children. There's only like two. The rest of them they tell me to please hush and go away. There's a couple of stories that I've told to my children. And occasionally they'll say, hey, can you tell us that story again? You know what the stories are always about? They're always stories about daddy coming in and saving the day for them. It's amazing. They want to be told again about how daddy was the hero just one time. Just one minute. Just one experience. They want to be reminded of how much they were loved, how much they were cared for, but they want to rehear them. Folks, people are eager to hear the stories of what God's done in your life. They might not always be eager to hear all the sermons that I preach, but I promise you they are eager to hear the story of a God who saw you in your sin and saved you from that place. They want to know. Do you know who wants to know it most of all? The people who have known you best of all. Why was I excited to go back to Broome High School those, all those years ago and tell my story? I was excited not only because there were going to be people there that were like me growing up that needed to hear that story. I was excited because there were going to be people there that I knew. Sitting right in the front row that day was a lady named Ann Brown. Ann Brown taught me Algebra 2. And Ann Brown was never Miss Brown to anybody, and she was never Ann Brown to anybody. To everybody I ever knew, she was Mama Ann Brown. All three names wrapped up in one. And I can still hear her with her strong, perfect southern drawl, warning us about the dangers of our mathematical errors, speaking to us about lines approaching the X and the Y axis, But man, I can see her just a few years ago sitting front and center as I spoke about what God had done in my life. And I could see her beaming. And I didn't know she would be there. I wasn't sure she'd recognize me. But you know what happened when it was over with? She was the first person to find me and hug my neck. She needed to hear that story because she had seen where I came from. She knew that little chubby guy that was in her class. She knew that. And yet God had taken and did something with that person. Folks, God needs you to tell your story to people who have known you and known all the things. Tell your story. Tell what God has done. We complicate the message of Christ. Folks, it's okay if you don't have all the answers, but you can tell your story. So give God glory. Tell your story. And never forget your calling. On March 14th, 2020, the mayor of Camden asked churches in our community not to meet in person on Sunday, March 15th, because of the outbreak of COVID cases in our community. And so we all did what we could to take two weeks and curb the spread of COVID. Right? We flattened the curve two weeks, two years later, whatever it took. It was supposed to be funny. Still a little raw for some of y'all, I guess. We're not in the city limits here, um, so we, we, but we honored the mayor's request anyway. We're right on the edge of the city limits, and um, we hope to flatten that curve in just those couple weeks. Of course, it went poorly, and for four weeks, the only thing we did was we streamed our services. Um, that also went poorly for the first couple of weeks. We spent 
I don't know, we, we probably spent four or $5,000 just getting everything to work. Or that first week went so bad, and the next week we just went spending spree, buying everything we could find, wherever we could find it, so that we could deliver good content to you guys online. For four weeks we streamed our services. We came back together on Easter Sunday of that year. It was excellent. I will never, as long as I live, forget the tears in people's eyes as they emerged from hiding and laid eyes on one another again. We worshiped in our parking lot, in the beds of our trucks, and in our, our bag chairs, and I watched people cry. Tears of joy. And folks, we committed that Come what may, we would not cancel worship again because of COVID. And we didn't miss another Sunday because of COVID. Things got a little crazy. We were inside and outside and online. We did all the things that we could do to try and make it happen. But we, we in that effort, we honored our government's request not to be too close together indoors. And that was not always easy. And some of y'all were terrible rule followers. Terrible. The ones that got me. So what we, we began doing is we... We said, you know, we, 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 on Wednesday nights, we wanted to make sure that we prioritize opportunities for our children and our teenagers. But on Wednesday mornings, we started having a prayer service in here, um, which was mostly attended by uh, retired folks and senior adults. And uh, so, of course, I, you know, for me, as your pastor, I was most concerned about our senior adults. We wanted to make sure that they were safe, and we did all we could to keep them safe. And so that first week that we said, hey, we're going to have uh, this big old wide sanctuary. There's probably 350 of y'all in here this morning or something like that. So we were going to have this humongous sanctuary that seat 400 people, and we're going to have about 25 senior adults show up for our prayer service so that y'all have plenty of room to space out. And I walked in on that very first morning. There were 25 senior adults sitting like this. So what are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? I mean, literally, I had ladies that were sitting like this. Why are y'all so close? Get away from each other. I said, you know what? Fine. If you die from COVID, it's your own business. I don't care anymore. I didn't say that. I was nicer. But anyway, we, we, we you know, we jumped through the hoops. We did the things we could. And, and for, uh, for about a year, that's, that's what we did. And then we, we came back inside. And then... Uh, you know, things have been crazy ever since. But what, what, if, what if instead of simply asking us to be mindful of the way that we gather, what if our government had demanded that we not gather or that we not proclaim the name of Jesus? Now, as your pastor, I would have led us to reject that mandate in principle. Our command from God is greater than the command of any government. And this is a situation facing the apostles when we find ourselves, or we, we make it to Acts chapter 5, verse 29. They've been arrested. They've been told to keep their mouths shut. And the Bible says in verse 27, when they brought them back before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charge you not to teach the name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. And we get to verse 29. But Peter... And the apostles said, or answered, we must obey God rather than men. Folks, you understand that we honored this effort, or this desire from our government because they simply asked us. Had they said, you cannot, there would have reached a point where we would have had to have said, there's a line in the sand and God has commanded us to worship and to proclaim the name. And we've got to do that. Now, now here's what I know about you. As your pastor, I would have led that. I would have said our command from God is greater. And many, probably most of you are like me. Boy, we like a good fight with the government, don't we? We are rebellious people. I mean, we're in South Carolina. We turned the tide of the Revolutionary War. 
Without us, the cause was lost. Don't let them tell you anything else. Camden was bad, but cow pens is where it all happened. And those of you who are laughing are laughing because you're ignorant of history. We lost in Camden. My people, though. Yeah. That's right. Y'all laugh. That's right. Some of y'all, it's just registering your brain. They're going, wait, I remember that now. That's right, yeah. We're rebellious people. And, man, we are ready to scream and yell at a government that tells us what we cannot do. If the government says that you've got to put, you know... Uh, pollution-reducing stuff on your car. Some of you will cut it off just so you, can, so you can't tell me what to do. You know, we're South Carolina. There's no, we won't even approve for our cars to be inspected because the government's not going to tell me what I can drive. You know? And if they tell me that I've got to get 30 miles to the gallon, then let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to change the computer in my truck to make sure it only gets 6 miles to the gallon. And at $4 a gallon, I'll buy it all just to show them. Isn't that us? Y'all, not me, of course. Watch. Some of you are willing to die for, die for the cause of Christ, but you aren't willing to live for the cause of Christ. Some of you are ready and willing to die for the cause of Christ, but you're not ready and willing to live. You're ready to scream at those who will say that you can't. You're waiting for someone to tell you not to worship Jesus so that you can be a rebel for Jesus. I stand for the flag and I bow for the cross and you will not tell me otherwise. Can I tell you this? The cause of Christ is usually a lot more boring. See, we can lose sight of our responsibilities in the Christian life. We can get so caught up in doing all the other things, the fighting for Jesus, that we neglect the most important things. Prayer, Scripture reading, worship, evangelism. See, these are things that do not happen by accident. You see, I will accidentally rebel against those who tell me not to do something. Because why? Because it's in my fleshly nature to be angry. I will not accidentally choose the narrow path of Christ. Evangelism must be an active priority in your life. Don't forget your calling. The apostles were freed from prison and they went right back to doing what they had been doing. We're going to keep going in Acts and before long, Acts chapter 6 and then Acts chapter 7 especially, we're going to see um, that, well, well, six and then, and then seven, but we're going to see that, that the apostles in, in Acts chapter six, uh, the first few verses are going to say, well, there's a lot of things that are going on here and we can't get to all of them. Let, let's, not, let's not neglect the ministry of the word so that we can feed at tables. And so they're going to, they're going to appoint deacons to serve and to care for the physical needs and the material needs of the people so that the apostles continue to stick with the thing they've been called to do, which is to preach the message of the gospel. Folks, the Great Commission compels us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is a command from Jesus. But y'all, it's not only a command, it's a privilege. It's Mother's Day. And moms, you are commanded to care for your children. 
How many of you have to be slapped on the hand and reprimanded regularly to be told over and over, you must take care of your children? Very few. Most of you recognize the privilege and the opportunity that this responsibility brings. As parents, at least in our best moments, we recognize the privilege and the opportunity that responsibility of parenting brings to us. In our best moments, we don't say, I have to raise my children. In our best moments, we are truthful and say, we get to raise these children. We talk about the priorities of gospel proclamation for followers of Jesus. It's not only a responsibility, it's a privilege. God has entrusted you with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And watch, there is no plan B. It's not as though God said, y'all go do it, and if y'all don't, i got this backup plan that's going to fix it for you. If we fail, then the message doesn't get proclaimed. The places where you work, the places where you play, the family members that you interact with on a regular basis, those are the people that God's called you to. And what's He called you to do in their presence? He's called you to give God glory. He's called you to tell them your story. And look, He's calling you today to never forget your calling. The apostles stood before this council. Why did they arrest them? Run back to chapter 5, verse 17. The high priest rose up and all were with him. And filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles. And they were jealous of what they were doing. Why were they jealous? Because the people looked at what was happening. We run back up to verses 12 through 16 that we looked at last week. People were coming from everywhere to hear what the apostles had to say. And the leaders are going, whoa, 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 why don't they come listen to me? Who are these untrained, unskilled men? So with jealousy, they throw them into prison. Let's just get them out of the way. They were thrown into prison publicly. Why were they thrown into prison publicly? Because they wanted to make a statement. Not only are we getting them out of the way, but if you continue to do this and you listen to what they have to say, we're going to do the same thing to you. Publicly, they're thrown into prison The apostles are set free. They go right back to doing what they've been doing. And they stand in front of them and they say, we told you to keep your mouth shut. And this is their response. What do you want me to do? I I could obey you, but do you you think it's right for me to obey God rather than, or do, do you obey men rather than God? They put the ball right back in their court. If God's commanded us to do this, who are you to tell me to stop? How in the world do we tie this all the way back into the question that we began with from the beginning? Who has God freed you to set free? Watch this morning as we conclude. For, for whom are you praying? Who is your one? Who is the person in your life? Remember, it doesn't have to be rocket science. The apostles were called to go to the people of Jerusalem and to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. To whom have you been called? With whom are you sharing? For whom are you praying? See, today's Mother's Day. And moms, you have an incredible opportunity. You, more than any other human on the face of God's earth, shape your children. Dads, you are second. And dads, if you don't do your job, it makes it difficult for moms to do theirs. 
But you have an opportunity to influence, impact, and to shape these children. It's your calling and your responsibility and your privilege. Grandparents, aunts, uncles, you get it. Your relationships should be natural pathways for gospel proclamation. But what's the problem? Too many of us are ready to scream at a government that tells us no. And too ready to ignore an opportunity that tells us yes. Many of us are ready to stand up and to demand that we must obey God rather than men. Can I remind you of who it was that shared, shared these words before these leaders? It's a man named Peter. Can I tell you something about Peter? Just a few weeks prior to this event, maybe months, we're not entirely sure, Peter had another opportunity to proclaim Jesus, didn't he? Now you'll recall that when Jesus was arrested, it was Peter who drew his sword and cut off the ear of the high priest's servant. Peter was ready to fight and die for Jesus in that moment. But when a few hours later he was standing by a fire warming himself as Jesus was being tried in a mock trial and Peter was asked, don't you know him? Peter was unwilling to be identified with a losing cause. Peter was willing to die for Jesus, but Peter wasn't ready to live and suffer for Jesus. God has set you free to set others free. But folks, that's probably going to be a much more ordinary experience than pulling your sword and fighting the high priest's servants. It's a much more ordinary experience that looks like living your life committed to Christ. Giving Him glory in all things. Sharing your story. Before we finish, will you listen to me? If God has saved you and set you free from your sin, you have a story. I have a lot of education. Somebody once told me that I was educated beyond my usefulness. The apostles were set free for about two hours before they told the story of how they'd been set free. Nobody had to give them eight years of education to teach them to tell the story of how they were set free from prison. You understand? Two hours later, they were telling their story. Folks, you can tell your story. You can tell your story and watch. You can tell your story better than anybody else on planet Earth. The story of how God reached down and saved you and changed your life. God has freed you in part so that you may set others free with the life-changing message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This morning at Mother's Day, my invitation is twofold. Number one, some of you may want to come this morning and to bow at this altar and pray for that person in your life that needs to hear 
the good news of the gospel. You may want to come and pray. Maybe it's your seat. Somebody may want to come right up here to this altar and pray. And lay that name before Jesus. And pray that God will not only go ahead of you in His Holy Spirit and be working their life, but that God will give you the courage to share your story and His story. The second thing this morning, though, is this. Some of you have shown up this morning, and you don't have a gospel story. These two young men have been changed by the gospel. So encouraged to be able to share their story with you this morning as we see their public proclamation of a changed life. But some of you don't have that story. You're still imprisoned in your sin. Today can be the day of your salvation. You may not fully understand what that means or how to get there, but can I give you this promise? Jesus died to set you free, to forgive you of your sin, to forgive you of your brokenness, to redeem you from your shame, to restore you to that which you were created to be. This morning, even if you don't fully understand what that means, I'd love to pray with you this morning, help you to understand how it is that this Jesus Christ, who died to set you free, can be your Savior. I'd love to show you this morning how it is that you can walk through the door that He has opened for you and you can be set free from the prison of sin and shame that holds you today. This morning as we stand and as we sing, would you respond as the Holy Spirit leads you? Stand with me as we pray. Father God in heaven, we give you praise, glory, and honor for you alone are worthy. You've given us a story to tell. A story of a God who stepped down from heaven and took our sin and shame so that we might live. I pray, Lord God, that you would set captives free today. That you would compel us to carry the good news to all the places where you'd have us go. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand with us as we sing, Holy King, Almighty Lord.